Give me that old-time religion Give me that old-time religion Give me that old-time religion It's good enough for me It was good for Paul and Silas It was good for Paul and Silas Welcome to the inaugural episode of A Living Baptist Dinosaur. I'm your host, Pastor David Shelton. The purpose of this podcast is to offer encouragement to pastors and church members in struggling churches, but really to anyone who's going through difficult times. The biblical word for encouragement literally means to come alongside. And the intent of this podcast is to come alongside those in struggling situations not to offer expertise, but to share in the journey and perhaps share some lessons that have been learned along the way. This initial episode of A Living Baptist Dinosaur is entitled The Road Less Traveled. Perhaps you're curious as to how we arrived at the name for this podcast. You may be wondering how one becomes a living relic and especially a Baptist one. Well, the title is autobiographical. It describes how I often feel about myself as a pastor and as a person. So I want to share some of my journey, my choices, and my experiences that helped involve me into a living Baptist dinosaur. Maybe you'll hear some of your own story along the way and perhaps pick up on some of the lessons I've learned. And just to be clear, I'm not unhappy with being a living Baptist dinosaur. Just the opposite is true. I am proud of who I am and look forward to what God is going to do in my life as I move forward. First, let's do a run-through of the words in the title Living Baptist Dinosaur, and let's start with dinosaur. When people consider someone a, a dinosaur, there are two traits that come to their minds. The first trait is that the person is is old. And the second trait is that the person is out of touch with modern times. Well, the fact that I'm sharing my story on a podcast seems to me to put to rest the issue of being locked in the past. As to the older part, well, that I'm going to have to own. I was licensed to ministry 41 years ago and ordained as a pastor 36 years ago. I have spent the last 31 years serving as a lead or senior pastor in six different churches. The fact that the dinosaur has been around for a long time simply means that he has many experiences and stories to share. But you'll notice that the title of the podcast doesn't just refer to a dinosaur, but to one that is living. See, we think of dinosaurs, we think of them as being extinct. They could not survive whatever caused the change in their environment and we'll leave whatever that cause was for the scientists and the archaeologists to discuss. But as we journey on this podcast, it's important to remember that I'm actively involved in a local church ministry, serving as pastor to a small congregation in Georgia. And like many other churches, our church is struggling to redefine itself 
as we come out of the COVID crisis. As a living dinosaur, I have much to draw on from my past, but I'm having new experiences and I'm new, learning new lessons on a regular basis. From time to time, I'll share with you where we are as a church and the steps we're taking as we seek to be the church that God wants us to be. The last word that's in the title, A Living Baptist Dinosaur, is the word Baptist. And I, I realize that this could push some people away, but I, I hope we can move beyond the restrictions that some believe come with denominational identifications. In fact, if you wait just a little while, I'll share how I really don't fit in with my denomination. I simply use Baptist to identify the context of my ministry. To quote an old saying, I was Baptist born and Baptist bred, and when I die, I'll be Baptist dead. But the idea of letting you know I'm a Baptist also says this to you. You have things, if you're not a Baptist, you can teach me new ways of looking at problems and new solutions to try. Remember, we're on a journey together and we're here to help each other along the way. So, how did I become a living Baptist dinosaur? And the simplistic answer is choices. You see, life, even everyday life, is really nothing but a series of choices. You've made choices all day today. You chose what to wear. You chose what to have for breakfast or even if you had breakfast. You even made a choice or a decision about which podcast to listen to today. Now, the reality is that some of our choices are bigger than others. and They can impact our lives for years to come, even though we may not be aware of that impact until much time has passed. There are two challenges that come with making choices. First, we don't often have all the information we would like to. We're not all knowing, and we cannot see into the future. So we make the best choices we can make in the moment with what we know or think we know. As a follower of Christ and as a minister, I try to make my choices based on his purpose and plan for my life as I understand it. The second challenge to choices is the fact that other people impact our choices. They impact what we decide and the immediate outcome and the long-term effect. And while we're making our choices, other people make their own decisions. And then there are times when our, our choices cross paths. In addition, people make determinations about us based on the decisions we make. So they look at our choices and they, they imply things about our personalities and and who we are as individuals and our worthiness in ministry, our value to God based on decisions that we made along the way. Well, my journey from a young man who grew up in a Baptist rich environment to a living dinosaur has been shaped by four broad decisions, which I suppose could be viewed as guiding principles for my years in ministry. And the first of these broad decisions was answering God's call to become a pastor and a preacher. And as I was answering that call, the specific requirement came for me to preach all of the Bible. 
I've spent the last four decades preaching without backing away from difficult passages. And this commitment has run contrary to the predominant concept that's characterized preaching for many years now. Deliver sermons that meet felt needs and make people feel good about themselves. Many congregations want their pastors to stay away from hard texts and from precepts that make them feel uncomfortable, a reality that has made some churches unwilling to call me as their pastor and probably cost the churches I serve some new members along the way. In addition, the commitment to preach the word means I've not always embraced the theological systems considered imperative by many Baptist preachers. For example, I grew up inundated by the concepts of dispensationalism, but I've come to question many of, the, many of those ideas. At fact, that has put me at odds with the pastors and peers that were part of my early years in ministry. My second major choice that took me down the path to becoming a living Baptist dinosaur was not becoming a church planter. In the Southern Baptist Convention, church planters are the rock stars. The pastors of older churches are the roadies, setting up the church planters by providing finances and other resources. And now, please don't understand, I'm not opposed to church planting. It's just not where I felt God was leading me. However, I also have to admit that at times I've been cynical about church planting and church, and church planters. See, in my mind, the pastor of an existing church can come up with a creative idea for research, and denominational leaders will wish him well and ask him to share that, that plan with him if it is successful. But never will they offer resources, financial or, or otherwise, to help that, that existing church start that ministry. However, if a church planner comes up with the same idea, then the nominational will, leaders will be more than willing to provide finances and other resources. The churches that I've pastored, we've always given, to, given money to church planting causes. But I personally believe that church renewal should be treated as an equal concern. Church planting is a good thing, but it's not an end-all, and it is not as successful as people are led to believe. Because I'm a not a church planter, because I dare to question if the emperor has clothes, my nomination is not interested in my ministry or my church, except to make sure that we're giving our gifts and turning in our numbers each year so they can be added to, to the data. The journey to becoming a, a living Baptist dinosaur was influenced also by my choice not to place limits on where God would lead me to serve. This decision has led me to serve churches in Texas, Louisiana, Virginia, California, and Georgia. What I never anticipated was the assumptions that people would make about my theology because of the places that I've been. People in Louisiana, in Texas, and Georgia assumed that I must be liberal because I was willing to go to Virginia and California. And people in Virginia and California 
are certain that I'm a fundamentalist because of my time in Louisiana and Texas and Georgia. And the reality is, is that none of them are correct. I would consider myself a conservative, but not a fundamentalist. I'm open to learning from across complete theological spectrum. I'm too conservative for my liberal friends, and I'm too liberal for my fundamentalist friends. So I sit in theological no man's land. I've discovered that it's hard to find a pastor's group to accept me as I am. They all want me to bend in my beliefs. And this has often left me without a mentor or without peers to encourage me along the way. The final journey-shaping decision that led me to becoming a living Baptist dinosaur has been my willingness to go to churches that are smaller than where I might currently be serving. You see, most pastors follow a career trajectory of moving to a series of progressively larger congregations. But out of the five pastoral changes in my ministry, four involved going to a smaller church. And all of them meant taking over a congregation in need of renewal. In fact, the congregation where I currently serve as pastor is the smallest of any six in my ministry history. Many people assume I stay in smaller congregations because I do not have the skills to lead a larger congregation. I've had the opportunity to go to larger churches, but never sensed that God was leading me in that way. You see, these these four choices, well, they combine to shape me into a living Baptist dinosaur. I am a pastor who has spent nearly four decades serving in smaller churches and those in need of revitalization. I've had success, and I've experienced failure. None of my pastors has gone from struggling to running several hundreds in worship by worldly and, unfortunately, by the measure of many supposed church leaders. I've not been effective. So I have nothing to add to the church revitalization narrative. My denomination is barely aware of my existence, though they know how much our church gives to the convention and have lots of programs they want me to push, programs created by their definition of successful pastors. I live in theological no-man's land, rejected by fundamentals and liberals. I find it hard connecting with mentors and peers to share my journey, especially since I'm not an advocate of church planting at all costs. And there is one more issue that makes me an outlier. I'm in the process of transitioning from being full-time to a bivocational pastor. Having said all of that, I want to leave you with this thought. I would not trade anything for the journey. I'm content with where I am. In a few months, I'll complete my doctorate in ministry degree in church revitalization. And I've had discovered along the way that I have much to share. I'm not an expert, but I am a fellow journeyer, traveler. In the coming episodes, I hope to share more of what I have experienced and the lessons learned. And I hope you'll come back and share the journey with me. I'm sure you have things to share that will help me. Our next episode is entitled Voices. And it will look at all the voices that want to tell us how to do ministry and live our lives. 
This is the Living Baptist Dinosaur, Pastor David Shelton, thanking you for listening and encouraging you to find value in your present circumstances. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. It's good enough for me. It was good for Paul and Silas. It was good for Paul and Silas. 